The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's hoping we don't die when we're 50, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. You already died, Aaron. <laughs> it's true. I did. I did that one. I've done that twice, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and his house needs its third new door this month. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> Each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She promises she's screaming at something behind you. It's not you. It's Susan Kamyab <laughs> Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you, Susan. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> How is uh how's stuff in your world? How's life? How's stuff going? Stuff is good, good. yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's All awesome. Good. Well, it's it's great to have you back. We're always excited to have you on to talk about movies and to uh see exactly what you thought of movies because um, we just sound like idiots most of the time. And it's nice to have somebody no. on who <laughs> <laughs> sounds like they know what they're the talking heavy, about. I do most of the heavy lifting on the sounding like an idiot, but yeah, sure. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. No, I always enjoy coming on. Good, good. Well, good, we've got good. uh we've got a, a big movie from Disney and then a movie they tried to hide from us. Uh, so we'll get to, we'll get to both of them. Uh, but let's kick it off with taking a look at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. I want you all to know that I'm grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. We're 
always searching for a family until we found each other. Peter Quill, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, must rally his team around him to defend the universe along with protecting one of their own. A mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, as indicated in the title, is the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie in the MCU. Uh, brought to us. No, it's the third movie. The third. Uh, oh, I are think you he's counting the Christmas, the Christmas special? special. Um, so, which, strangely enough, pretty vital uh, to understanding yeah. things going on in this movie. Um, but, uh, but yes, James Gunn bringing it to us once again. Kind of a swan song from uh, Mr. Gunn. Yeah. Um, because he will be taking over DC, shepherding that universe and seeing where that's going. But this was kind of his uh, his final entry into the MCU. So what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you start. One of my least favorite MCU films. I did not like it. Did not like it. Uh, Susan, what about you? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Loved it. I'm, I'm hey! <laughs> I'll just step back and let you two fight it out. No, uh, no. Where uh, you at, Aaron? Where you at? I, on this one, I am firmly in the uh, high side of liked it. Um, I don't think I can quite cross over into loved it, but... Mm. Uh, really did have a blast with it. Susan, you enjoyed it the most. So tell us a little bit about uh, why you liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I mean, I think I thought it was so emotional. Like, I cried. So I don't think I've cried that much in a Marvel movie since Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually really enjoyed Rocket's backstory. Though it was kind of a tough watch, I thought it explained him so well. And I like. I think my favorite thing was just... This movie really showed the bond that these band of misfits have for each other. And that's what makes them so special because like out of all the Marvel universe, they feel the most like family because they're each other's chosen family. So Mm -hmm. I really love seeing that displayed and I just felt the like emotion and heart of the whole, of all the characters. So uh, I don't know. And, and, it felt like a really good goodbye. They, I thought it was still funny, but I like the story. I know uh, there are mixed reviews. I know that some people feel like there's inconsistencies with the storyline, but I guess I just wasn't bothered by it because I was so wrapped up with like this goodbye by the by the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with the emotion of it with you. Um, I wasn't expecting as many emotional beats as there were uh because there are a lot there is like uh, james gunn was like i'm i'm gonna find every single heartstring you have and i'm gonna tug as hard as i can and see if i can make your eyes water um and uh some were more successful than others for me but there were a few moments where i genuinely was moved and I think that's a really tough thing to do when your tone is off the wall, ridiculous, you know. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot of silliness, a lot of spectacle, and yet somehow there were just those moments where I was just like, 
Aw, and just but then the thing, and he feels like because <laughs> this happened to him, and now he has his redemption. I don't know. It's so like it, you know, like there's a real impact that it has. So yeah, the emotion of it was a really big one uh, for me. And I think you mentioned this as well. I just like hanging out with these people. Like I just, <laughs> I really enjoy hanging out with this crew, and um, that's uh, a lot of fun for me. So. The movie's going to be a fun experience. Now, as to whether or not it delivers on, you know, story or message or themes or those kind of things are are different questions. But to just go sit in a theater for over two hours and hang out with this group, like, I mean, that's, you know, you're starting, at least I am starting from a baseline of fun, right? And then you can either go up uh, or down from there. Um, So, yeah. Andrew, some thoughts. Uh, I want to talk about what you guys brought up. It's the emotional thing. And I did like the emotion. However, if I was directing this movie, I would take everything that has to do with Rocket and his backstory and cut it out. And it's the turn whole movie. It, and turn it into its own full movie. I don't think that this should be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I think this should be a Rocket origin story. Don't have anything to do. Hey, Aaron, you you hush over there. I see you in your your mm-hmm. face. No, you take this and you don't make it a Guardians movie. You make a full fledged Rocket origin film with him going through everything, dealing with you know the High Evolutionary, and then you know all of his friends that he met and how terrifyingly adorable they are. Um, and you know, and then after that, you can have your final. Guardians film where it's present day now and they're going after the high evolutionary for what he did to rock and stuff because my big issue with this movie is the inconsistency in its tone whenever we're doing these things with rocket you know we're going back and we're looking at how adorable and honestly just truly terrifying his life was before he met Groot and Drax and Quill and Gamora and Nebula and everybody it's and then the next scene, you have them going to a living facility, and you have Nathan Fillion in a big old bubble skin suit, and it's just goofy. And I just, it's so inconsistent, the tone in this movie. I will say, though, my biggest pro for this movie, it's Chuck Woody Awuji, who is playing the high evolutionary. It's such an inspired villain. I think it's one of the most, if not the most twisted villains the MCU has ever given us. I just wish his character felt a little bit more consistent because he could have easily been my favorite MCU villain if he was utilized properly. Andrew, it has been a long time since I have disagreed with you more than I disagree with you right now. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm to the point where I don't even understand the concept of what you're like. You say things like, I wish this was this thing. And I'm like, it is this thing. Like, but what are we talking? Not. It is they're a rocket both, origin story. It no, is a they're rocket. Both halves. They're they both aren't half they're, of what they need to be. They're see, both I, half of what they need to be. I, I completely disagree. This yeah. movie is a rocket origin story, and it's a beautiful one. The other no, stuff are just appetizers for both. They're app, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by appetizers? Let me let me understand. They're not full meals. They're just appetizers. They're like they're the guardians. I think like, we got a full meal out of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> everything did. like no. I think that there could have been a full hour and a half movie dealing 
only with Rocket. Only That's in what the past. This is. This Will is you? Was... No. There is like. Do you half not want of this any movie... other characters in this Rocket movie? What are we talking no. about? No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about anything in modern time. I don't want anything in like the modern timeline. I want to go back to when Rocket was a baby and just have a full movie. Kind of like, no. I don't know. How about Logan? He- Logan has his own movies in the uh, out of all the X-Men. Uh-huh. I want a Rocket movie. I don't think that would have succeeded as well oh. as your yeah, Like, I really been- don't. I think, I think that it, it it's just like, like the second movie was essentially more of like a Peter Quill kind of thing because mm-hmm. we're learning about his backstory with his dad and like all that stuff and it didn't affect it. I mean, Rocket is part of the Guardians. We just... And I don't think I want to see like two hours of just Rocket being tortured and his friends like knowing. I mean, I knew where this was headed with his friends. So it's like I I feel like that being placed in this movie, that was actually my saving grace. Like the whole time I was watching is like he has a family. He has a good group of friends. Thank God we're going to. Thank God we keep getting reminded. Yeah, there's of that. no better way to tell his origin story than 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 no, the way it's told in this movie. And, and the because whole you can't, time you, they're trying to save him. Exactly. So you're just like you're exactly. Like, Thank you God. cannot you cannot get the same emotional impact because his story, his origin story, revolves around the bookends of what what's going on with his you know found family and like. The, the themes don't work. Nothing works if you strip away the the other stuff and just go back in time. Could so. not disagree more. Could <laughs> not. Just, how would that movie end? I mean, essentially, it's, that movie You guys are afraid to live the in the darkness. That's what the problem is. You are, guys are 100% afraid to live so in wait, the darkness. Do you want like a Fincher version of Rockets? It's like? going to be a... No, no. It's going to be a dark, dark movie. And then whenever you dark. get... No, it wasn't dark enough. It was. It was. It was. There's a difference between a movie. Uh, what what would you call it? Uh, uh, like a movie that's not taking itself seriously, mm-hmm. and sure. then a movie that's a joke mm-hmm. that has become a joke. And then whenever we're looking at all this modern stuff, whenever they go to that goopy, you know, facility, mm-hmm. that's a joke. Whenever they go to, you know, uh, other Earth. And there's like slapstickiness going on. That's the movie being a joke. It's not it's taking itself seriously. That there's, would be there's, fine. There's, there's there are serious, moments where the movie authentic, doesn't. There are serious, authentic moments in both of those scenes that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like it's the movie is balancing that tone, I think, expertly throughout the entire thing. It's not like it goes from big chunks of goofy to big chunks of super serious. Like it understands right. that they both have to live together. And it, I think, does both very well throughout the entire uh, movie. Right. So, yeah. Because because it establishes right from the start that their mission is to save Rocket. So everything they're do- doing, the, the undertone of it is dark because they're trying to save Rocket from dying. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Make that, that its own movie. Don't have any of the flashback <laughs> stuff. Have that already... Uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh uh, have it be its own thing that we already know okay. and then going into this movie with Rocket being dying and then the only way to save him is to have this whole uh, thing of them trying to find the high evolutionary the guy who originally hurt him I don't want any of the, I think what you guys are confused with what I'm saying is have everything that is flashback be its own movie and then mm-hmm. this movie just be th- what it is because then you can have those dichotomy and tones and it would make a little bit more sense because we already have this 
pre preconceived notion of who the high evolutionary is, and we know what it actually means for them to have to go to him to save Rocket. Like out of all the people in the universe that they don't want to have to take Rocket to, the person that they have to take him to to save him is the high high evolutionary. That's an amazing story. But this is going back and forth, and for half of this movie, I don't know why I'm supposed to hate this hate this guy. I mean, what? besides the besides the fact that we have this preconceived notion that he was tortured, you know, but I don't know. But watching the MCU, I don't know that this is the guy that did it. I, they never He's say his name. Animals, like. Yes, we find that out halfway through the movie. What I'm saying no. is, we <sighs> we know that Rocket is tortured. Uh-huh. We know this, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't know that Chuck Woody Woody is or Woody is the guy that is doing it. We the don't know that he yeah. the high evolutionary. Okay, right. We can make that assumption, but we don't know until like halfway through the movie. I'm saying I would have preferred a movie where we saw, we knew who the high evolutionary g- was and what he did to Rocket going you, into this. I'm just clarifying. I'm just clarifying here. Are you saying that for you, this movie wasn't clear on who the antagonist was until halfway through? No, I think we know who the antagonist is because I would have appreciated a movie before this that showed us Rocket, you know, going through everything. It didn't have to be a full movie. It could have been one of those, uh, you know, specials that they do, like a Rocket origin special, really dark, kind of like a Netflix Daredevil, Jessica Jones, kind of just one brutal special. And then going into this, you know, then we we realize, oh, he's going back to the high evolutionary. That's the only person. I think it's just... I don't like the way well, the story was told. I like I, everything in the story. It's just the way it's told, I think, is sloppy. I I uh, I am so glad that you have a uh, an outlet to express mm-hmm. th- those opinions. <laughs> and I am so glad you are on the show because um, no, that is that is today. I really am today yeah. more than any other except maybe last week today more <laughs> than any other day uh, yeah no this is always fun for me and it's always interesting to me like how we can see things so completely different mm-hmm. um, so if 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 we have if you feel like you've expressed that you know that idea of making a separate rocket movie Let's move on then move is on. there is there can we then move to talking about the movie we did see and not yeah. the, the movie that uh that we wished we had seen um which by the way is a normal reaction a normal thing to talk about there have been many times i've come out from a movie and, and gone oh i wish they had done this instead and then there comes a time where you go okay but what did they do how did that work um those kind yeah. of things and this is the last thing I'll say, just really quick. Mm-hmm. I think that my big issue is I had a difficult time transitioning, watching scenes of Rocket go through these horrible experiments and everything awful happening to him. Mm-hmm. And then the very next scene, it being slapstick goofiness. Like, I didn't... There's not a really fluid transition from one moment into the next. Mm. If you want to boil everything I said, I've said down to one thought, that's what it is. So for I this think movie, for yeah. this movie, tone disparity is your main problem, which is, is interesting because problem. it's one of my biggest uh, compliments of the movie is how well it handles its its separate tones. So it's just going to be one of those preferential things. Yeah, we that's just see it differently. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with Aaron. I I didn't have, but I mean, I respect your opinion. I just I didn't 
it, I didn't have an issue with it. Maybe because Guardians has always been the more silliest one of mm-hmm. all the Marvels. And in a way, they've already... There is a darkness to them, just their backstories. We all, they all come from a dark past. I mean, the first movie, just knowing about what happened to Gamora and Nebula. I mean, that's... Especially Nebula. Mm-hmm. Like, she went through, she went through some dark things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess it's always been there for me, and I, I didn't have... I guess the tone didn't feel inconsistent. So well, and but, and, and the 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 underlying foundation for these movies for me has been the idea of how trauma, which is something that can separate us, is also something that can unite us. Um, right. And so there's this underlying message of yeah, all our all our pasts have something in it that's messed up, and especially with this group, very messed up. Like everyone right. in this crew. Has something, you know, I mean, other than maybe Mantis or Drax or, you know, they're, they're no, almost... No, Drax lost his whole family. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so. very, like, yeah. I mean, all of them, if you wanted to do an origin story on all of them, they'd have something. Well, I don't right. know about Mantis, but yeah. So like, trauma doesn't have to separate, it can unite. And I think that's, you yeah. know, in, in this movie, the the focal point of that was, was Rocket. Um, but we also still dealt with everybody else's trauma, too, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. You know, there were definitely mm-hmm. some... Um, you know, <laughs> Will was going through it in this movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I liked that stuff. I, I enjoyed yeah. the. It actually kind of surprised me that storyline and the way it was handled in this movie. And I'm speaking of the storyline of, of course, of a quote unquote new Gamora and how that impacts somebody you know uh, who was in a relationship with the old Gamora. Um, I was I was actually kind of surprised at how. Um, seriously they treated it as as much as there were of course jokes because again that is the the beauty i think of this franchise um there was a real respect and honesty with from both new gamora and from peter and you know peter looks like the uh, buffoon a few times but he also then is kind of proven right a couple of times. You know what I mean? Like charming, he, yeah. he's charming too. So like the movie understands that that uh, that these characters contain multitudes, um, except possibly Adam Warlock. Uh, so let's talk about Adam Warlock for a second. Oh, they did him so wrong. How they hilarious so wrong. was that character? What do you mean? Oh, this is coming from a place of who that is in the comics. Okay, I'll say two things. Did I like his character on screen? Yes, he was hilarious. I, I absolutely loved great. him. Did they do him dirty? 100% they did him dirty. But I don't care. I, it was so funny. I was so worried about Will Poulter mm-hmm. like being Adam Warlock because what I think the only thing I'd seen him in before this was either... Uh, no, he, I saw him in the Maze Runner movie and what's the one with the... Uh, Ted Lasso, <laughs> Jason Sudeikis, it has Jennifer Aniston. It's like road oh, trip or something. Oh, road, yeah, they're in an the, RV. The, we're yeah, the Millers. Meet, we're the, meet Millers. the Millers. Yeah, yeah we're those the are the two things I've seen him in. And in both of these, he's kind of like a little lanky guy. So when I heard he was going to be playing Adam Warlock, who is one of the most powerful characters in all of Marvel, I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> but I think that a he he definitely bulked up for the role. He's a mm-hmm. big guy in this movie. But I I, I also thought it was interesting what they did with this character so yeah i'll give them big points for what they did for adam he was he he to me was maybe not maybe not the funniest because drax is always the funniest to me i will always laugh more at the (laughs) the silliness that drax does uh and his inability to uh escape literalism 
than anything else. But um, I I was really impressed with the uh, the goofiness of the Adam Warlock character, and yet how it made sense for what was going on in the story. And it was it was probably the most surprising character for me. I thought it was going to be one thing, and it turned out to be something completely different. And uh, I really enjoyed that. So so yeah. Uh, other performances you guys want to call out or say you like, didn't like, whatever? I thought this was definitely a, the better uh, Peter performance. I think he showed, I mean, I, I think Chris Pratt is a great actor, but I think he really showed um, a different side to him mm-hmm. that we haven't, I don't think yeah. we've seen that yet, right? Like, Chris Pratt hasn't done drama that I can think of besides like Everwood. So, passengers, maybe. Oh. It was terrible, but um, but it is Chris Pratt doing drama, and we can have I, a passengers yeah. conversation sometime because uh, I enjoy everybody's, that. Everybody's favorite comedy, Zero Dark Thirty. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, he was in that, yeah, very briefly. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I just, there's a scene that particularly that Chris Pratt has with Rocket that oh. like just gutted me. That mm-hmm. I was like, I. That's another one. I was like, whoa, there you go. Like this, you know. I was really impressed, but I mean, everyone did it a phenomenal job. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this is just one of my favorite, maybe, maybe, I, I mean, I don't know if I am biased. I mean, I could say, cause to the second guardians was just like, I liked it, but it was okay. I thought it was a little bit more predictable and stuff. Um, but I just like, I know you touched on this too, Aaron. It's like, I love this cast. I love mm-hmm. these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's worth conversing about uh how it compares to the other movies uh, that's uh, you know a fun thing we do as fans um you know for me i think the uh just the shock of that first movie will probably put it above the others um but i really like guardians too this is a, this is actually my least favorite guardians movie which isn't saying a lot because I really love the Guardians movies. Um, it's definitely but, my least favorite. Well, yes, no, I could have <laughs> predicted that. I mean, it would, it would go first, second. I mean, first, third, one, three, second. two. But yeah, one, three, two. But I still liked two. Like mm-hmm. I, but I like all. The, I think as a whole, Guardians is a really great trilogy. Yeah, I, I think most. If I, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly. I think most people would go one, three, two, uh, I think, mm-hmm. um, is oh, kind of how yes. I'm interpreting the, the feedback I'm hearing on three. Um, I, because there I were a lot of people who didn't like this two. is their favorite, uh, this is their favorite Marvel film ever, which I, I'm surprised about. I could, I've heard that too. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but my memory is when two came out that I felt like I was, outside of the norm saying I liked it, that yeah. a lot of critics were saying they didn't really like to. Um, I don't think anything's lived up to that first Guardians movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't well, think so either. I thought the same thing because I thought I was on the, because I think I was like, maybe on like low mm-hmm. liked it with with two. And then I checked the Rotten Tomato reviews and they were really high, like yeah. for the critics. So I was maybe like, was oh, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Critics are fans, Aaron. You know, we can be. It's true. We can Definitely. be. Absolutely. Um, just have, you just have to admit it. You just have to admit mm-hmm. it. I'm a fan of Guardians. So, yes, there was a little bit of a bias going in. I can admit that. Um, I also... Uh, here's, here's a point I want to bring up and see if this was a positive or negative for you guys. I am probably more willing than almost any other franchise 
to suspend my disbelief with Guardians of the Galaxy. I do not get caught up in this movie with realism or that would never work that way or and there's a, there's a lot of that in this movie. There's a lot of things in this movie that um, there's something that happens at the end where they try to make you think one thing very, very intensely and then just undo it without <laughs> like any yeah. like with without any real explanation or you know um consequence right and i just for whatever reason this franchise i'm just more willing to do that with um how does that stuff hit you in guardians cuz there is a lot of disbelief that has to be suspended to not get distracted by stuff that doesn't make sense um in my opinion do you guys disagree I- I would agree with you, but I, and I think it's because the first film kind of set the tone for that. So going into that, that worked for me and actually you bring up a good point because I think that's been an issue with some of the recent sequels, like even just thinking Ant-Man, like the first two Ant-Mans were set in the real world. So there was more realism there that I had to like understand. So then when the third one was like in space, practically like, Half guard, half guardians. It half was a Star guardians Wars. movie almost. Yeah, like was, Star Wars the, guardians. Like yeah, it was very, yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. Like I couldn't get on board with that as much, but I'm already used to it with guardians. So yeah, you bring up that's a good point. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Did you think that at all? Well, I think well, just maybe for me, it's not the only ridiculous one. I think Thor has been has become very ridiculous to where I can kind of suspend my disbelief. Um, but at the same time, mm-hmm. in, in the new, uh, uh, what, what was it, uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, you know, mm-hmm. that was a ridiculous movie. So I think the yeah. fact that, I think the MCU is not taking itself seriously anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I've, I've felt a huge tonal change ever since Endgame that, yeah. uh, it just, uh, I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm down with this new. There is, there is definitely, I don't know if it's a huge shift, but there is, you know, once, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Left, um, mm-hmm. his, his sense of humor kind of defined the tone of everything up through Endgame in many ways. And it was almost this debonair sense of humor kind of thing, quippy, you know. Um, I'm not saying every character is exactly the same. I'm just saying they all kind of fit themselves into his sense of humor. And since Mm -hmm. he's been gone, it's almost as if Marvel is uh, a little bit trying to find their consistency. But they're also, I think, shifting towards James Gunn's Guardians a little bit, too. At least that's what I've seen. Uh, in a lot of the stuff, they're also trying to figure out television and really yeah. trying to scramble with how they want to approach that. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear they think they did too much too quickly and they want to back they it did. off and <laughs> um, and try to really focus on high quality uh, over uh, quantity. So it'll be interesting to see them find their new voice and where they find it. Um, so. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if it was uh, um, Kamala Khan. I I mm-hmm. love that sense of humor that's in oh, uh, Miss Marvel. Kamala Khan is, and I'm Marvels is actually like one of the MCU movies I'm most excited for this year. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, she so. is such a fun character. I mean, they're in a MCU is in a weird place right now, man. I mean, until we know yeah. exactly with the Jonathan Major stuff and like. Oh. Like it's like there's just I, I 
I don't think anybody has a clue what the MCU is going to look like uh, two years from now. There's just too much up in the air right now. Two weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> I think they know Secret Invasion's coming out and they have that. But you're that's true with the WGA stuff going on. Like, yeah. you know, how much it was the Secret Invasion in the can? Are they still writing on it? Because if so, guess what? No writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, there's just there's a lot to be seen. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of years for Marvel. Um, it would be mm-hmm. hilarious if if James Gunn was just like, you know, just at launches DC uh, to, you know, prominence and Marvel just kind of flounders and tries to figure out the next thing. I know that I'm a little some... worried that's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, look, as long as there's yeah, good movies to go see. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Wait, the DC who... has good, DC has amazing stories to tell. Wait, who, who directed the newest flash? Because I'm hearing this new flash is supposedly like the best movie ever. That's what people are saying. People are saying, we'll that, see. Yeah. We'll see. Was it, that wasn't James Gunn, right? No, it was, a. Uh... That's like because that's more serious. That's like way too serious for James Gunn. Yeah, Yeah, that was a Muschietti. Okay, he did like the It Chapter Two and Mm -hmm. It Chapter One and stuff. And Mama. Uh, Yeah, he's only done really horrors before Mm. Flash. So, yeah, yeah, I'm down with. Um, All right, wait, wait, hate to waste the MCU's first film f bomb. You know? uh, what an interesting choice, right? Yeah. Just a really the very first f bomb in the entirety of the MCU after fifteen Are you years. Not the first film, or not. It's the first in film. You know, the Netflix shows have, you know, like Jessica Jones. Well, and I guess, Daredevil. but see, but when those aired, they weren't technically in the MCU. They are now, yeah. because of things. But, but yeah, yeah way, to, way to waste it. You know, actually, there was a fam- there was a family sitting next to me, and the mom going. Like that. <laughs> the kids didn't even notice, but I just thought it was yeah. funny. It is. A, it's a really interesting choice. And open the I effing get, door. I, I, get, I didn't realize that was the first time that the, that was the F word yeah, was used yeah. in a And and uh, it's it's got to be almost like a goodbye present for for James Gunn. Like, okay, go ahead. You can you know yeah. break the glass on this one. Hey, maybe it's metaphorical. <laughs> open the effing door. Get out of here. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, there, you know, the the word is now that Blade's going to be a rated R movie. Like, you know, you know, oh, yeah. you know, the MCU Deadpool will be rated Deadpool. R. So, yeah. like, you know, I think they are in a place where they know they they have to start um, to broaden from just the very very specific uh, f- fun for all ages thing uh, and and make more adult oriented content. So, um, not that we'll type of content. We'll we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I Can think we do was... a spoiler talk on this? I have a lot, like sure. 90 percent, ninety percent of my negatives for this film are spoilers. So. Oh, okay. We'll give you a sip spoil rant. Uh, it should, it'll be it'll be in your feed uh, after this one. Uh, any el- anything else right. non spoiler? Either of you guys want to say about uh, this uh, amazing movie that should have never been anything else? Dose post credit. <laughs> <laughs> Do- two post credit scenes. Yes. Yes. I also think that uh, I know you touched on the Gamora and and Peter thing, but I actually really like the way they handled that. I mm-hmm. thought that was mm-hmm. how that ends and what it what was said. I just I thought that was I was relieved that that was the route that they took. I agree. I agree. I I liked a lot of the decisions that it made down the the stretch mm-hmm. there. So. Um, so there you go. Those are some, by the way, I would say maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys can disagree with me. 
Um, you don't need to stay for the final final post credit scene. There's like it's, it's no. Just, it's well, the nothing. final one, yeah. Well, oh, it, the final one. Yeah. There's there's some Easter eggs. If you if you're paying attention, there's some real. There, yeah, right, maybe Aaron, I wasn't paying enough attention. You, I we'll don't get, think you were paying enough we'll, attention. We'll get, uh, I'll, I'll just say I'll just, okay. I'll say this. Um, if you guys uh, stay for that second post credit scene, read the newspaper. Oh, I saw the newspaper. Oh, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. yeah, that didn't strike me as anything. That was just like you said. It was an Easter egg. Yeah, it was just not, newspaper. Was it more than an Easter egg? Yeah, it's. I'll All just right, say it's we'll hinting a lot. Of secret, it hints a lot of Secret Wars. Uh, okay, we'll talk about it in some spoil. Uh, there you go. There's our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's move on to the next review. Let's talk about Peter Pan and Wendy. No rules, no schools, no bedtimes, and most of all, no growing up. Are you Wendy? Tiger Lily. Peter. 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 Captain, it's Peter Pan. Wendy Darling, a young girl afraid to leave her childhood home behind, meets Peter Pan, a boy who refuses to grow up. Alongside her brothers and a tiny fairy, Tinkerbell, she travels with Peter to the magical world of Neverland. There she encounters an evil pirate captain, Captain Hook, and embarks on a thrilling adventure that will change her life forever. This is the live-action remake of the animated Peter Pan with... Quite a bit changed, much of that, uh, because the old Peter Pan hasn't aged well in many, many ways. Uh, so a lot more respect uh, for the Native American uh, tribe in this one and uh, some different things as well. Um, and yet much of it really does come straight from that animated movie. Lots of the scenes uh, feel very similar to that original animated movie um, with what we're doing. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Susan, you get to kick us off this time. I disliked it. <laughs> I was not a fan of this movie. Uh, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. No. <laughs> Sounds like High Side didn't <laughs> like it. Yeah, High Side okay. didn't like it. I said I didn't yeah. like it. It didn't frustrate it didn't frustrate me as much as Guardians did, but I think I d- disliked it more, obviously. <laughs> um, I guess I'll I'll guess I'll be the one to talk first then. Um, I didn't like this movie, but I thought it was okay. <laughs> Uh, I I don't. I am th- high. I am high sided. Didn't like it. So. Yeah, I thought this movie's fine. It's fine. It's just fine. I think you know we well, we, are, we are very careful to uh, avoid talking about the skills and talents of younger actors uh, in uh, in all ways. And so I'm not going to you know name names or point fingers or whatever. But I, here's what I'll say: there are a <laughs> I lot. Am. <laughs> Uh, there are a lot of young actors uh, in in this movie, and I think the mo- the movie feels it. Um, so that's that's about all I think I need to say on that. Um, and those young actors are asked to carry this movie in so in many ways, and the movie does not feel carried, uh, and at times feels burdened down by those uh, choices and trying to get through them. So. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably uh, the the primary thing that keeps this movie back from being something interesting because I actually think of all the Disney live action remakes I've seen, this one feels to me the most in need of this movie. Um, like you know, there's 
you, you can talk about some of the problematic things in Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast or whatever it might be. But I, did we re- really need the live action remakes to, you know, revise that, figure, you know, do that differently? I don't know. Um, it's funny you mentioned the two that I actually kind of like. <laughs> well, I didn't like Beauty and the Beast, but I loved Aladdin. Yeah, and I do Aladdin is really good. I, yeah, I, Aladdin was great. I, I, like, I love both of those movies. I'm not saying oh. those movies aren't good. What I'm saying <laughs> is they're in a world where they don't make those live-action remakes. Uh, I think I am more okay with that world than a world where they don't make this live-action remake. I think this one redefines uh, redefines some things from the original one um, that are important. And I think that's why I, uh, I land in the it's okay. Because I think there's a... A really interesting thing they're doing here, especially with Captain Hook and Peter, that I think elevates this material uh, in in a big way. So, um, and Jude Law's great, and Jim Gaffigan's great, and it's you know it's the really best parts of the movie. Yeah, I really think yeah, they are. Jude and, sure. Um, you know, I think, and yeah, I think besides Dustin Hoffman, Jude Law might be like the best Captain Hook we've ever. I done. think it's arguable, even including Hoffman. So. Yeah, he's up there. Uh, quick question for you guys: uh, Who's the villain in this movie? I think that's a. I Isn't think it Peter a, Pan? Yeah, I think, I think it's Honestly, technically it's I Peter think, Pan. I think Peter Pan is the villain in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, like I feel so bad for Jude Law. I mean, and for <laughs> Captain Hook, I'm like, oh my god, that is such a tragic origin story. Mm-hmm. That broke my heart. <laughs> Yeah. No, and that's and that's what I'm saying about enjoying, you know, what this is doing because I think it it's you know, and again, Disney is is doing this thing probably a little bit too much where they're taking their villains and, you know, nuancing their backstories. Le- yeah. Oh. Uh they they're doing it over and over and over again. Uh yeah. and that's, you know, it is what it is. Uh but I think this story in particular it works really well for me. Um and is uh part of the reason I enjoy the movie as much as I do. So well, yeah. I, Which again I, is not all that much. <laughs> Just so yeah. we're clear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're all in the same boat in this. But I think that uh man, what I already forgot what I was gonna say now. Never mind. <laughs> what, what were you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you were talking about how uh, uh, Disney's kind of doing this thing where they're kind of humanizing the villains, you know, a Mm -hmm. little bit. They're making all these new origin stories for them. I actually kind of like it. Sure. Uh, I mean, every now and then you need a villain. You need a. uh, I'm I'm trying to think of like. I was going to say Darth Vader, but then that's a prime example of when they went back and we see his origin story. It's actually really heartbreaking and tragic. Uh, yeah, I think that I, I like it. I'm uh, it. It'll be really interesting to see what they do in the Little Mermaid uh, here shortly. Um, I mean, we're just a couple weeks out from uh, seeing yeah. the Little Mermaid mm-hmm. uh, because um, Melissa McCarthy is playing. Uh, just let my brain. Ursula. 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 And just recently rewatched uh, the original uh, Little Mermaid in preparation, and I'm just here to tell you, Ursula is the only one in that movie making any sense. Um, so I already think Ursula is the hero of the little mermaid. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they emphasize some of those things. Um, so all Ursula's doing is trying to teach a young woman that she doesn't need a man. 
that she can yeah. find independence in her voice. Uh, so yeah. is that all she's doing? <laughs> yeah. No, sure, no, she's is there, that is not all she's, she's doing. She's trying <laughs> to get revenge on King Triton. That, that the may contract's be in there legal. <laughs> the yeah. dumbest yeah, thing. Ever. Hold it against. How can you hold it against her? She the has a signed contract. That's, that's, the on, that's on Ariel. Well, that's not on Ursula. Yeah, Ariel made a dumb decision. We know that. Yes. I mean, she gives up everything for what, a guy she doesn't know. What but. I learned from Disney back when I was a kid is. If there's ever a lightning storm, just hold up a legal contract and it'll <laughs> block right. it. That's right. It'll block any electrical current heading your like, way. We're supposed to we're supposed to be so upset that Ursula's uh, human humanoid character is getting married to Eric, and I'm just like, does it matter which of the humanoid characters he gets married to? Neither one of them know him at all. He doesn't know either of them at all. He's basing everything well, on some sort of siren well, song. Like, she hypno- she hip- Ursula hypnotized him, don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she didn't. Yes, yeah, she did. No, she didn't. I just watched the movie. She does not hypnotize Eric. Yes, she does. No, she yeah, does she not. Get, she comes yes, out. The, the she necklace. uses her voice. Yeah, the necklace, that the conch that has her thing. voice in it. When that thing breaks, he literally gets out of the trance. Yeah. No, Aaron, no, no, no. Are you, you can... about to have me drop a whole bunch of little listen, mermaid knowledge listen, on you right I now? I just watched this movie very you need carefully. need to rewatch it. That is not Aaron, hypnotism. That is, that is not she... hypnotism that's happening there. Okay, that he is... roofied, she roofied him. <laughs> she, she did something. She He's sang like in the voice. She sang in the voice of the person that saved his life. All that is is him going, oh, this must be the person who saved my life. He has full control of his actions, and his actions are saying- His eyes turned yellow. His eyes literally like- He doesn't even talk Because, yes, but that's him choosing to turn his eyes yellow. That's not Ursula turning his eyes yellow. You know what? We can can settle this right now. This is insanity. Phil, you are Eric. Phil is Eric. We can ask Eric, were you hypnotized by Ursula? (laughs) That's right. Uh, I'm waiting. I can't believe it. I mean, I've never had someone say this. I mean, he literally is like a zombie when he's Phil, around her. Phil has confirmed. Yes, because yes hypnosis it's, it's, is real. It, yes, he's like a zombie because he's a love zombie because he's an idiot. It has nothing to do with Ursula. She's not Which, using magical powers on him. Yes, she is. She is. Literally I, stealing. Aaron, she literally stole someone's voice via yes, magic. That was magic. That was magic. And then she played the magic through the magic conch, and the magic yellow dust like went into him and made his yellow magic eyes. If somebody, if so, somebody what we're trying to say is Jude Law is really good, and yeah, in, yeah, he is. Yeah, Peter Pan and Wendy. <laughs> how bad Peter Pan and Wendy was that we are rather talking about Little Mermaid than you know. This you are movie. so right. You, there's, yeah. there's just nothing <laughs> to talk about in this movie. It was not. Me. <laughs> Phil just changed the title on the video for those listening on the podcast. Phil review, Phil review the Little Mermaid, nineteen eighty nine. I'd rather talk about Little Mermaid. That's so like honestly, because what is there to say about Peter Pan and Wendy? It was not good. And you're right. I don't want to rip apart a kid, but I'm sorry. Peter Pan was sadly like he's the star, and that was just not good. I'm sorry. It, it was there were there were many times with many different actors where I was I was not bought. You know what, sure. Aaron? You would make a great litigator in Ursula's you know legal case. You know, know. whenever Ursula's she's the hero of Little Mermaid. Listen, I, I don't understand. Clearly, like I just her. watched this. You know what, Susan? This is the guy you agreed or over here. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. This is the guy you agreed with whenever you were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Are you sure you don't want to come on my side? I watched side this movie last week. When's the last time? 
time you watched no. Little Mermaid? When's the I'm, last time? I don't know. I, I grew up with it, so I've watched it like 300 times. I could probably quote that movie from beginning to end, and I haven't seen it in years. When somebody smells when somebody smells a pie uh, that's that's cooling in a window, and the little waft in the animation Float. has you know floats over to them, they float over with their nose. Yeah. Is that just is that magic, or is that just indicating that they are making a choice to go towards that pie because of the smell? Like well, this is this is their symbolism. But if that pie breaks on the ground and then you snap out of it, yeah. then if, that's not the smell is still there. Like what are you talking? It's not. It's, well, that's what I'm saying. The smell magical. wasn't there anymore. If it's a lucky it's charm, <laughs> if it's a lucky charms pie, then yes, because it's it, magically delicious. Can we at least all agree that Eric is an empty vessel who means nothing in that movie? Like, hey, hey, <laughs> Phil is one of the prime examples why this show has taken off. I need you possibly to take that the, back right possibly now. Possibly <laughs> the dumbest prince I've ever seen in a Disney movie. Like he is an oh, you're complete right about moron. That. Uh, I, no, Phil yeah. is. <laughs> Here, <laughs> Eric he is a real and person thus, with and feelings. Thus ends, and thus ends Honestly, our Peter Pan and Wendy review. Are empty vessels? I mean, what did Snow White's prince and Cinderella's prince really do? It's I, these live actions that are making them more mm-hmm. of a person. Yeah, uh, I genuinely want to drive to Phil's house right now and give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this offending Phil? Because <laughs> Phil is going to play Eric in the upcoming uh, Little Mermaid film. Phil was so. cast uh, as Eric in the uh, live action. Well, he remake, he was the um, understudy. No. For, uh, really? Yeah. Are you joking? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, that's been an ongoing joke in our podcast for years now. Yes. Oh my gosh! They announced like that three movie. Yeah. or four years. Yeah. This has been yeah. going on. Yeah. Whatever this uh, energy is in the podcast the last couple of weeks, I just let's keep it. Let's keep it. Uh, I don't I'm know. Just, I'm, I'm ready for it. I need to see if my medication. I just switched medications, so I need to see if that's what's going on. Maybe it's totally altered all my brain synapses mm-hmm. whenever it comes to how I feel yeah. about movies. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Prince Eric has agency. Uh, he makes his own choices. Uh, yeah, that is what we all need to know. <laughs> <laughs> still talking about Wilmer. Uh, that's how much we didn't like Peter Pan. And thus ends our review of Peter Pan and Wendy. Let's, There's really nothing else to say about it. No post credit If you want to watch it on Disney+, Plus and you, you can... I mean, I, I struggled to get through it. So yeah. good luck is my... My review. Yeah, again, I think it's it's fine. It's like you know, there's. I, I think uh, the other th- the other thing that I will actually say something about this movie, and then we'll move on. The other thing that the reason I think it's fine is I think the update in the visualization of some of the effects was yeah. needed and cool. Uh, some of the flying stuff was really done well. Um, you know, some of those uh, fight scenes, those kind of things, I thought were really cool. So, so that's it, done. It well. was. It was shot well. It was mm-hmm. shot well. Yeah. There you go. Peter Pan and Wendy uh, on Disney+. Plus. I also like the uh, the costume design. Uh, the costume mm-hmm. department actually yeah. did a really good job. Looked that was pretty. My, my big pro for this besides yep. Jude Law. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Before we head into the best ever challenge, thank you to our Sif Pop members. If you want to be part of the amazing group that keeps us arguing like this, uh, you can do that at Sif Pop. Just go to patreon.com slash sifpop and take a look there and you can uh, tell us, uh, you can comment to us there, you can hang out with us there, lots of fun bonus content there. Uh, Just go check it all out, patreon.com slash sifpop. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, all right. Best ever challenge. Best ever movies that have a fairy uh, uh, in them. Uh, so excited to hear what you guys found on this. We'll go number five to number one. Um, I'll kick us off. Uh, my number five. Oh, and by the way, if you have it higher, make sure you let us know so that it can be Trump. Uh, it can be trumped. Uh, so number five for me is Fantasia, uh, the Disney movie Fantasia. Love um, it. Really enjoy that series of stories, and uh, it's kind of a an interesting uh, musical uh, in many ways. Fantasia. So really enjoy it. Um, uh, it's almost like a series of short films. So it's almost it's yeah. almost like yeah. a, a collection anthology more series. than a movie. Yeah, it's more of an anthology. But uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So Fantasia is my number five. Um, yeah. Andrew, what's your number five? Uh, might get trumped. Uh, this is where I have Hook. Hmm. Oh, Buddy. Trump. Yep, Trump. Trump. Mm-hmm. Susan, what's your number five? Uh, speaking of live action, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, Cinderella, the 2015 one, because I actually really liked that live action remake. And- Trump. Oh. Well, there we go. Okay. I didn't think Man, I Aaron was lagging on that one. Uh, oh. All right, on to our number fours. Um, yeah. My number four is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Aaron, um, we're just trumping everything. Is, has, anybody, has anybody talked yet? Yeah, I talked about Fantasia. I talked okay. about Fantasia. Yeah, he did. Uh, okay, so Andrew, you're number four. If this gets trumped, let's go with Euro Trip. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Interesting. The absinthe. Mm-hmm. When yeah. they all drink the absinthe. Yeah. yeah. There it is. There's the fairy. You know what? <laughs> this is a really funny movie. It's it's raunchy. It's vulgar. It's whatever you want to call it. But there are some clever jokes in this movie that uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. I have no problem. Song. Oh, yeah. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> Matt, you know, that is one of the very... I don't know why Matt Damon has decided to become the cameo king. You know, he'll just show up in a random movie. But Matt Damon showing up in this was primo. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. Euro trip in at number four for Andrew. Susan, what's your number four? Shrek 2. Oh, I forgot about the Shrek movies. No, I'm not, no a, big fan of, I'm not okay. a big fan of the Shrek movies. So. Oh, Good. Wow! No, I, you, no, you're getting two thumbs up from me. So. Honestly, the first two are the best. Uh, I actually yeah. really love the second one because we get to meet Puss in Boots, who I think was such a great addition to that cast. And there's, the, but Shrek Two has so many iconic like scenes mm-hmm. for me. But um, yes, I love that song. And who is the fairy is singing that? And um, yeah, I just really enjoy this movie. This is um, a classic for me. I honestly think I like Shrek 2 more than I like sh- the first Shrek movie. I Same. I, Shrek 2 is my favorite. I mean, yeah. the, the whole, what is it, Knights in the, with the play on cops? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was so funny. And he does like a pepper, spray, pepper spray with the ground pepper. 
Oh, uh, it's genius. <laughs> no, genius. It really is. I love it. No, no. It, there's some. There's some pretty. It, it may not seem it, but there's some highbrow humor going on. Like some pretty yeah. clever stuff going on here. Good. Maybe I'll have to revisit sometime. Maybe I'll you have should. To you should watch Shrek Two. Shrek Two again. Is I agree. With I remember thinking Shrek. Shrek One was fine. Um, I, lo- I, oh, I like them both. But after that, and all the sequels, I was just rolling my eyes the entire time. So yeah, I, and the, the first two—that's it. First two. Okay. I hear the new. I hear the new Puss in Boots is actually good. I haven't seen it. It though. is. It is. It's really good, actually. It is really good. Mm. Yeah. It's like great story. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna check that one out then. Yeah, it's great. Uh, all right, on to our number threes. Um, my number three is the 2015 Cinderella. Uh, that is uh. my number three. So I had a number three. Uh, Susan had it at number five. five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie is great, and yes. people don't often talk about it as one of the Disney live action remakes, but it was kind of one of the first ones. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I just I love the things that were changed in this. I love the visualization of this. I love the agency it gives Cinderella uh, in this. Um, and I love the way it ends. Uh, one of my favorite uh, endings. So, yeah, this is a good movie. Susan, talk about uh, why you like it. I mean, you kind of said everything I would say. I just, I think one of the reasons I liked it, too, is just I Cinderella is just what you were talking about, like the empty vessel mm-hmm. thing as yeah. far as the prince. Like, w- the animated cartoon, What? why does he fall in love with her? Like, really, besides looks, mm-hmm. I, I guess. It's like Them there's feet. really no reason. Yeah, yeah fetish. I guess so. So before this, I, I love Ever After. Um, I actually really think that's a great adaptation of Cinderella that's darker. But like for an actual like live action Disney remake, this was so well done. I thought that Lily James and, uh, oh gosh, I just want to call him Rob Stark. I can't remember his, his real name. James, um, <laughs> uh, I think his first name's James, isn't it? I don't know. We'll look it up. You can keep talking. I'm blanking on it, but I thought they had great chemistry. I Richard love that Madden. there's more of them. Yes, there you go. I love that they uh, build them up more and they, they actually have conversation. It's not just a, oh, you're beautiful. I love you. So, um, I don't know. I just thought it was a really good, good live action Disney. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the first ones. You're right. It was one of the first ones that I was like, this was, there was a reason for that remake. Peter Pan and Wendy didn't need it. No reason. There are plenty of reasons, and I talked about them. But uh, no. <laughs> uh, I will say this: uh, I think Susan is one hundred percent right. Ever After is the best adaptation of Cinderella. So good. Yeah. So good. Hmm. I don't know that I agree with that. I think I like the two thousand fifteen <laughs> one better. Is Cinderella tw- twenty fifteen? I, so. I think I like. Yeah, I think I like that one better. Um. All right. So that moves us on to Andrew. Your number three, I believe. Come on, can, can, can. It's time for Moulin Rouge, everybody. Trump! Dang it. Again, absent. <laughs> you have oh, like a Trump button did. or something? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he has a oh, sound I was bar. Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> nope, it's not me. Trump! Ah. Uh, I'm going to right. have to send you different variations of that. <laughs> Feel free. Feel free. I'm open to this idea. Uh, all right, so I think, uh, Susan, what is your number three? Ella Enchanted. Ooh, interesting. Okay. okay. I love this movie, by the way. I think it is such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really good, I mean, play on fairy tales, I guess, because it kind of incorporates a lot of different stories. I thought it was 
original while still being, yeah, I guess you could say formulaic. Uh, but the, the fairies in it are funny. Vivica, Viv Vivica A. Fox is like the funny, annoying fairy. And then Minnie Driver is like the sensible one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that Anne Hathaway does, this is probably before she really exploded, but she, that's, and I think that's the first time I really realized she had a great singing voice too. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I just, I think that's a great movie. All right. Uh, on to our number twos. Um, at number two, I have Cabin in the Woods, uh, in at my number two. Um, Andrew's trying to figure it out. Maybe he'll get there. Maybe he'll get there eventually. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of mythical creatures in this movie. Uh, that's and... true. Is, is did one just pop out during that elevator scene? Yes. And... yes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I took it to count. Fair, and, fair and play. I, I love this movie, and so uh, I will talk about it. It's so wild to me. The uh, cabin in the woods trope continues to live on. Um, you know, even just this year, knock at the cabin, uh, is a cabin in the woods story. Um, you know, like that's, it's so for a movie to, you know, really break it down like this one does and then pretend it's a, you know, kind of a reality show kind of idea is, is really interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoy cabin in the woods. So that's my number two. Whenever I watch a horror movie now, I always just hope that at the very end I'm going to see Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, and I realize yes. that it was actually just a, a secret uh -huh. Cabin in the Wood movie the whole time, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it would have made my. It would have been my number three. Well nice. done, well done. Uh, Andrew, what is your number two? This is where I have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Nice. I had it number four. You had it at number two. Go, on, go ahead and speak on it. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a difference between sprites and fairies. I'm a D&D &D player. Come at me, mm, people. Fair. Um, yeah. But, uh, whoa, this movie is so good. I just had to talk about it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've seen it, uh, I think, about four times now. Uh, it's, uh, it's, not wow. a, it's not a short movie. So the fact that... I, I, it, I, it's one of those movies I just find something beautiful about it every single time. Uh, every single time I see it, there's uh, something either visually beautiful, lyrically beautiful, or, you know, just the story itself just has so many moving facets. It, and uh, Aaron and I have said this a thousand times. It's not a Pinocchio story. This is a Geppetto story, and it's beautifully told that way. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. Very nice. Uh, yep, I agree with everything said. Um, finally, it took how long are we into this podcast? <laughs> An hour in, and you finally agree with something I said. Maybe, maybe it's because Guillermo del Toro invited Susan and I personally to go out and see it, and and uh, yeah. with him. Um, but yeah. uh, but Fine. maybe not. Uh, maybe Fine. it's just because uh, he's a super talented uh, artist. And yeah. if you really appreciated it, you would have had it higher on your list. Aaron. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all, I'm saying. Uh, all right. Uh, Susan, what is your number two? Um, Ferngully. Ooh. I love Ferngully. Avatar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Avatar. Exactly. That's why I hate Avatar. Because the whole time I watched that first movie, I was like, Ferngully, Pocahontas, Braveheart. Or, or no, sorry, no, not Braveheart. Sorry. <laughs> What is that? Dances with Wolves. Dances mm -hmm. with Wolves. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. So that was whatever. That's my digression to uh, <laughs> first Avatar. Shall we talk about but, Little Mermaid some more too? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ferngully is, man, I don't even think I realized how dark that movie was as a kid. Like, and I remember always being a little creeped out when like the, the mud and the goop and stuff Texas. would like, yeah, like things would, would get going, but that is a deep movie. Uh, and, um, yeah, I just, I think it's great. I actually really want to rewatch it because it's been a while. Mm. Uh, but I remember as a kid, I watched it all the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just, I mean, I think of fairies, I think of Ferngly, so. Yeah. Nice. I mean, you, you look at like uh, the cast, you got Christian Slater and Robin Williams and Tim Curry is the one who plays Hexus. Uh, but I think that, you know, you look at uh, Robin Williams's baddie, it's such an, a fun character. It's not. It's not the genie by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> uh, but I think that Batty is one of his like most iconic characters that he played. Very nice, Fern Gully, in at number two. Now for our number ones, mine has already been mentioned. Yes, you can, can, can. Uh, Moulin Rouge is my number one movie that includes a fairy, the absinthe fairy, of course. And um, I have a a real soft spot in my heart for this movie. Um, I like how Baz Luhrmann sees uh, film. I like how he uses it. Uh, you know, you talk about suspension of disbelief. Baz Luhrmann basically says, I'm never going to let you forget you're watching a movie. <laughs> He's like, I am going to be uh, audacious about presenting you a movie. That's an and, interesting way. I've never thought about it, but you're actually 100% right. He's like, mm -hmm. no, you're watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not trying to immerse you, really. It's no, like, just enjoy no, no. this Well, he's, he's trying to um, immerse you in fantasy. He's not trying to immerse you in reality. Um, mm, and so yeah. there's... You know, uh, and it works. And this movie mm -hmm. really works. Uh, some of the songs in this are euphoric uh, for me. I just, I, I really, really like this movie. Um, and really like Baz Luhrmann. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I think Moulin Rouge is incredible. Yeah. I, I, I'm so happy it's on your list. I, I yeah. thought about it. It would have been an honorable, honorable mention, but I yeah. love the music. Ooh, yeah. So um, there's you had a, it, Andrew. Yeah, it was my number three. The rendition of Roxanne in this movie is my mm -hmm. favorite song of any musical ever. It's such a, like, it's haunting. It mm -hmm. is a mm -hmm. dark, dark look at how that, if you if you listen to the police's lyrics for Roxanne, <laughs> it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of like whenever you listen to Simon and Garfunkel, uh, Sound of Silence, you're like, Oh, yeah. when they sing, it's like, hello, darkness, my old friend. But then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh, this is a dark song. So that, that's just, and Ewan McGregor has one of the most beautiful voices ever. It's unfair that one guy has so many things going for him. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, let's see, continue with the number ones, Andrew. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Not this fun. is my favorite foreign language film. Uh, it's my favorite Guillermo del Toro film. Second is Pinocchio, I think. Um, but no, uh, the pale man is like one of the most terrifying villains in film history. It's uh, I'm so glad that there's a live section <laughs> over Aaron's <laughs> face right now because I know that's what he was doing. And oh, I hate it so much. Um, it's I don't know what he does, but there's something with the way that Guillermo del Toro does dark fantasy 
that is so accessible to me. Just I, 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 it's so easy for me to jump into his movies. He should, you know, what he should do? He should direct a Rocket Raccoon origin story. <laughs> Holy crap! You're making, you're doing a <laughs> bit right now. <laughs> you're doing a bit right now, Aaron. But if Guillermo del Toro, no, no, I would, that would be a movie I would camp out for. If, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember oh, when we? Yeah. Do you remember when people ha- used to have to do that uh-huh, to camp out for yeah. movies? I yeah, I did that once. I camped mm-hmm. out for seven hours for the 2014 Godzilla film. Nice. Wow. And nice. I loved every minute of it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Susan, what's your number one? It's Hook. So yeah, in my honorable yeah. mentions. Yeah, I mean Julia Roberts. Come on, <laughs> she's so great in that. And this is my favorite um, adaptation of Peter Pan, even more than the cartoon. Honestly, mm-hmm. I me too. Love this movie. This was another one as a kid. I would watch repeatedly. Rent it at actually like a grocery store. That's where I'd rent it at Tom Thumb <laughs> like over and over back when they did it. Uh, I own it now, but uh, yeah, I just love what they did with this story. I love like Peter as an adult going back. Like mm-hmm. that's just, that's so cool. It's so creative. Even, I feel like that's a movie idea that people would do now. It's kind of, it's just really impressive that mm-hmm. they did it back then. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I think it's, it's great. Stuff. And I obviously, Julia Roberts is a really great Tinkerbell. Don't tell that to the people at the Razzies because she wanted a Razzie for that movie. It's so weird. Why? It's That's so stupid. I know. People no, are, people sometimes are those Razzies are like way off. Ben Affleck. Yeah. For what did he get that? For uh, last, uh, last Duel. Yeah. Oh, I disagree with that. I yeah. love Last Duel. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hook. Uh, it was my number five. Absolutely, I totally agree, Susan. It is my favorite uh, iteration of Peter Pan because it finally does the thing. Like, what if Peter Pan grew up? Yeah. And, oh, and Rob Williams is so good. And Dustin Hoffman. Okay. I think Dustin Hoffman possibly could have won an Oscar for this movie. It's. He was really great. It's. I, I, every single time I watch a movie, I can't find him in that face. Like, I know what Dustin Hoffman looks like yeah. when I'm watching this character. I'm like. I don't see him in there. It's so good. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I feel like all the kids were good actors. Oh, Rufio? Uh, I know him. Like I actually everybody... met him several times. He's a nice wow. guy. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody just does a really great job in that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it would have been my first honorable mention uh, as well. Um, I think Hook is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Other honorable mentions. I just have one other. I just mentioned Maleficent. Uh, I think Maleficent's better than people give it credit for. Um, so I really enjoy that performance in that movie. Did you guys have any other honorable mentions? I had a lot, so I'll let you guys. Uh, or I'll let Susan I, go. I don't. It's all you, Andrew. Go for hey. it. List them out. Uh, my first honorable mention was Willow. I adore Willow. Not the new show. <laughs> Not the show. Yeah. But the movie was really good. The movie was pretty much my childhood. Uh, Labyrinth with David Bowie. Uh, we mentioned Malef- Mal- Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Did uh, anybody mention uh, the original Sleeping Beauty? Because I no. love no. I, I love Sleeping Beauty. It's a great, great film. You mentioned Fern Gully, the original Cinderella. <laughs> uh, Dark Crystal. Uh, I just mm-hmm. love Jim Hansen. He's just great. And then there was a a movie. It's not a good movie, but it was a fun movie. There's a difference. Uh, Darkness Falls. It's it's just a horror film that. Uh, yeah, I think I watched that. Yeah, okay. if you're if you're in the mood for like a '90s like 
bad horror film. It's a it's a decent one that you can waste an hour and a half on. Nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. Best ever movies with a fairy in them. Uh, we have wrapped that one up. So uh, let's do it. Let's finish it off with some buried treasure, guys. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Um, Susan is our guest, so she will go last. Uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Uh, gonna go with a comic book again. Uh, Todd McFarlane is one of my favorite uh, authors and artists. Uh, he created Spawn, and one of his newest uh, creations is a comic book called Haunt. I am thoroughly enjoying it. It is definitely in the wheelhouse if you like the image comic art style, like hyper detail to where it's. They put a lot of their focus in the art style. It's really like their main thing over at Image Comics. Uh, interesting story about uh, uh, two brothers. One of them dies, and uh, whenever he combines his soul with his other brother, they become this superhero who can uh, take on bad guys. It is a very graphically violent comic, but it is very interesting. I like it a lot. All right, that will be Haunt, uh, Image Comics, um, where you can find that. Uh, My Merry Treasure is a fairly new comedy special. Um, Nate Bargatze has a special out on Amazon. I think it came out in February uh, called Hello World. Um, And I think probably the comedian that makes me laugh the most right now uh, is Nate Bargatze. Yeah, I, I... there's something about his delivery that just slays me. Um, so high, high recommend. And if you've never seen any of his stuff, I, I recommend you do a, a full watch. Like I recommend start in order with some of the old Netflix stuff. He has like four hour specials that are available streaming right now. Um, and uh, man, he's he is absolutely hilarious. You don't, ha- you don't have to go in order. Um, but, uh, but you can, um, so to kind of follow his career, but what is were you there, saying, Andrew? Is there anyone comparable to him that you could say he's kind of like, no, he his own, he's <laughs> his own thing. He's kind of his own thing. I mean, maybe I, you'll watch him that. and think of, and think of somebody else. And I would love to, to hear who he's like. I'm not the world's most, you know, fluent in all the comedians, but as far as like the, the big ones that I can think of, um, He's he's very down home. Like he's um he's kind of like um just uh, just somebody you would hang out with and he would, you know, just tell funny stories. Um but uh but, like yeah, that. my wife and I uh, never laugh more than when we watch a new uh Bargazzi special. Wow. So um okay. that's high praise. Yeah. Yeah, check them all out. Um, but anyways, the latest one's called Hello World, and it's on Prime. Uh, he has a couple on Netflix, um, maybe even one on Hulu. I'm not sure. I'd have to look. But there all right, go. Uh, Susan, what's your buried treasure? Uh, mine. I just last Sunday I binge watched the first three episodes of Fatal Attraction on Paramount Plus. The stars Joshua Jackson and Lizzie Kaplan, and uh, I. I really enjoyed it. I was so bummed that they didn't pull like a Netflix and just release them all that I decided to rewatch the original movie just because I needed like a fix of that. Uh, And I actually think, well, the original is great, but I like things that this, like, I know a lot of people were hesitant. Like, why are we doing a mini series over this? 
But after watching the movie and seeing how quickly Michael Douglas just like cheats on his wife for, I mean, God, there was like no, there, there really, she didn't really have to do much. Like mm-hmm. he was, his wife went away for a weekend and he was like, you know what? I need to get laid. <laughs> and he just went for it. And then at least in this show, there's more of like a buildup. There's more reasoning why he does. I mean, shouldn't cheat regardless, but I just, I guess I could understand a little bit more <laughs> in the series. And uh, the series also does something great in uh, episode three where they show it from Alex, uh, the the girl who is whatever goes nuts. So um, her perspective, which I think was really great. It humanizes her. At least you, under- you have a better understanding because in the film, they just... They, they they don't really have a reason for why Glenn Close is like crazy. It's just like, oh, you're a deranged woman, and at least there's a little bit more understanding in the series. So I'm enjoying it. I, I have heard the it's not going to end very well, so I'm a little worried about that. But mm. I'm I'm into it right now. <laughs> All right. Everybody realized we talked about three Glenn Close movies today. Did we? Yeah, Fatal Attraction, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Hook. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God. What was she in Guardians of the Galaxy? In the first one, she was Nova Prime. She ran the Nova Corps. Oh, totally forgot. Yep. Well, that we did it, guys. We did a Ooh. we we did a Glenn Close podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be Fatal Attraction on Paramount Plus, uh, Hello World on Prime, and Haunt uh, on Image uh, content, uh, Comics. If you want to check out the buried treasures. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. <laughs> well, thank you, buddy. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Uh, and thank you to Susan Kamiab Stevens. Susan, tell us again where people can find your stuff. Um, you can find me at thischicksflicks.com or on social at thischicksflicks. Um, and then I always say you can Google me. It's pretty easy there. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is This Chicks Flicks with an X. Uh, chicks and Flicks both have an X at the end. So you can check her out there. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at $3 a month and you can check out all the fun stuff at patreon.com slash sifpop lots of ways to connect with us feel free to leave a comment a rating or a review at apple podcasts uh, or spotify or wherever you listen you can also email us feedback at sifpop.com and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like the show too so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than cautiously tossing a monkey towards someone's face uh we will be back next week with more movies to review and we will see you then Bye. Bye. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.